Nursery, Sheridan County, and of course the city of Sheridan. Mark your calendar, Saturday, May 6th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the City Landfill for the 2023 Trees for Trash. The Carpet Design Huge Warehouse Clearance Sale is underway, but it's for this week only, and it's your chance to put new flooring in your home and save big. 30% off rolls of carpet, 50% off remnants, 30% off hard surface flooring. They need to make room for new flooring that's coming in at the end of this month, so all this flooring must go this week only. Warehouse Clearance Sale, Carpet Design, 643 Riverside, 672-5136. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Patrick Sucker. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you're interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. At Sheridan Memorial Hospital, our volunteers are part of our culture, our patient experience, our family. Their friendly greetings and genuine smiles, kind hearts and overwhelming support to all those they encounter are what complete the heart of our organization. Each of our volunteers are so unique, yet bonded by their kindness and generosity to serve. During National Volunteer Month, we would like to acknowledge and thank all of our volunteers for their dedication to providing excellent patient-centered care to our community. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, medical excellence right here at home. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Story Community Library is receiving these funds for random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about Nine to Smith Court. This lake resort oasis on 5.16 acres overlooks Lake DeSmith. The layout of this four-bedroom, three-bath home has a master bedroom suite with a walk-in closet and master bath, nice office and three more bedrooms and two more bathrooms. A large kitchen with an island separates the living room and the family room. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. When you hear the name Noah's Auto Glass, what do you think of? Do you realize that we can service more than just passenger vehicles? Hi, this is Cindy. Here at Novus, we can repair and replace glass in semi-trucks, farm equipment, construction equipment, RVs, and classic vehicles. We can even come to you. If your restoration project has gotten overwhelming, we can help get you over the top. Stop in or call today to make an appointment. Novus Auto Glass, 347 North Main, 672-0139. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Weather outside looks pretty good. Hopefully uh, it stays a little bit cooler so we don't get too much of that snow and ice melting too fast on the top of the mountain. We are prepared. Sheridan's, uh, from what I hear, pretty ready for any floods if it happens to come along. 
With me this morning is the executive director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckel. Good morning, Danielle, and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Now, uh, are the exhibits up there getting all finished up, up at the museum? Oh, yeah. We have um, everything's open and people can come in and see. We are making changes to stuff. We'll continue to be. I'm just going to be tweaking things for ever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that probably never stops, right? It's never really done. <laughs> it's one of those situations where you walk into work every day and there's always that one picture that's crooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or things you think of, I'll have a conversation with somebody and be like, oh, why don't we feature this in the museum? So there's always something that I'm thinking this would make a great exhibit or a great program. Do you keep like a list Oh, of yeah. Stu- yeah. Yep. As as ideas come in, you've got like a little idea journal and, and yeah, wow. tablets. <laughs> <laughs> How full is it? You got quite a few. Oh, I've got piles of tablets around my office of programs I'd like to do and exhibits I'd like to do and books stacked up everywhere. Um, it, there's so much rich history here. I'm so excited to dig into it and do. There's you could do programs on new topics forever and not hit the same thing twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things about the Sheridan area over in Johnson County. So much has happened that what always kind of surprises me is that other people in Wyoming might not even know about. Right. You know, but so much crucial Wyoming history happened right here in this area. Yeah. That you could come up here and spend days in in each of our museums. Yeah. And go away with a, a, a different story each time. Absolutely. Is there anything right off the top of your head that you you would really want featured, but you know would be really tough to get in there? Oh, I don't know. There's so many things that I would like to do that we've talked about in the past. Horses are a really good topic where we could just do endless exhibits about horses. I, I have been associated a lot with the bison industry, so I'd love to do more about bison. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and Native American culture, we've never um, really explored that in our museum as much as we should and could, and I'd like to do that. But ranching history, there's just so many things. Um, one of our huge limitations is space, so we're trying to figure out how can we do more things that leverage what our space is. Um, there's a few problems about that we're trying to solve, but there's just endless topics yeah. that I'd love to feature. Yeah. And you, you want to give them justice. Uh, yeah. so you don't want to just kind of tuck them in a corner. Right. Oh, if you're going to do horses, you could do an exhibit about just about polo. You could do something just about, um, native American uses of, of the horse, um, how horses are used on ranches, how horses are used in rodeo. Each one of those things could be a very elaborate exhibit all on its own. So how do you how do you edit and figure out what you're going to focus on? But then you have something um, new to do for the next year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to certain items and and like putting out like the oldest saddle that you've got and stuff like that, do you have I'm I'm sure you've got a bunch of those types of, of, of items dealing with, you know, polo and horses and things like that, don't you? Oh yeah, we have we do have a lot of things. We do have a lot of areas in our collection that are really thin, and that's one of the things we're working on right now. We're in the middle of a huge inventory project to get a better sense of what we have. Where do we have gaps? We again, we have 
our, our building is has a fairly small footprint, and our exhibits and collections and programs are all at the same in the same footprint. So one of the things that we're looking at is, in order to keep collecting things, is there a way that we could maybe move some of our collections to an offsite storage space so that we uh-huh. could keep growing? Or what would it look like if we built a new building? We're we're exploring some of those things because there's a, a lot of gaps in our collection. We have a lot of really, really good things. But there's a lot of, you know, people keep making history. It doesn't stop. Yeah. And we want to address gaps that we have and keep collecting more contemporary things. And uh, space limitations, we're, we're looking at where could we go um, off-site. And, you know, there's just so much available um, uh, property in, in town affordably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because there is just so many different industries that you could explore everything from, like, logging, uh, you know, yeah. mining, the mines that were around here. Yeah. And and agriculture itself. Uh, you're right. This This place has got so much when it comes to not just history, but the items that you could put out there for us to look at. Yeah. And and that would really draw a crowd. I know horses would really draw a crowd. Yeah. People love their horses up here. Yeah. And and I had no idea that polo was an, a thing here in Wyoming until I got to Sheridan. And I was like, not only is it a thing, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's an area that I'm really looking forward to researching more and getting familiar with and going to see see a do they call it a game, a polo game? Yep. I don't even know. Okay. A match, I think. A match. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I'm I'm excited to learn more and um sound like I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be there to see it, right? But exactly. it just always kind of blew my mind cuz I thought, you know, polo, cowboys. Yeah, that works out. Like that's it, it, that's not a big jump, right. you know. People would think that's a big jump, but it's not. It's perfect. Yeah, a bunch of cowboys out there, you know, whipping their sticks around. Yeah, that sounds like a good time at riding those horses. Now, uh, one thing that is happening down there, you guys are on summer hours, correct? Not quite yet. We're we're open Tuesday through Saturday, nine to five. And then the beginning of June, we switched to summer hours and we'll be open daily. June. Okay. I got to remember that. We still got a whole nother month to go. I know. <laughs> it's, now, would you say that you guys are all set up for summer or, or like you said, you're still tweaking some smaller things? Uh, well, we're, we're set up. People are coming in. I know there's things I want to do and you know, visitors wouldn't, wouldn't know, have a way of knowing that. It'll um, feel like we have full exhibits to anybody coming in, but there's so many things that I want to do and keep changing and keep offering new things for to give people a reason to come back. So I think people will start to see more of that with our museum as we go into the summer, that if they come back a few weeks later, hopefully there's something different to look at. Uh, it takes uh, time and planning and money, so I'm trying to keep all of those things going so that we can keep that fresh feel to the museum. But um, we have exhibits uh, now for people to come look at, and um, we'll keep changing those and tweaking those and and developing programs around those so that they have a reason to come back. And when it comes to those exhibits, since you're so limited on space, could we go up there one week and let's just take, say, mining, for example. I'm not saying there's a mining exhibit up there. But if you put one out... You would use the space that you have to show me some items, say, this month or this week, and then come back a couple weeks later 
Same subject, different items. We're working towards that. Um, right now, it takes us quite a bit of time to make changes, and we're looking at ways, how can we streamline this process and tell, yeah. tell more stories in a shorter amount of time? Well, I'll tell you what, you got a good worker up there, Jessica Salzman. She's uh, uh, amazing when it comes oh, yeah. to the collection itself. Oh, yeah. She? she really knows her stuff. Yep. And, and when it comes to preservation of those items... Uh, that's, I, I always enjoyed talking to her about how we try to preserve these things. Yeah. And one thing that always caught me by surprise is when I'd go in and look at old newspapers. Yeah. And you've got to be so gentle with those things because that acid turns that paper into just like cornflakes. Yeah. Slightest touch and it just fall apart. Yep. Preserving history is a tough job. Right. And there, and every single thing ha- is made of different materials. So you have to have an incredible amount of knowledge about how metal reacts with leather. If you're looking at a saddle or anything you look at, if you have a car, all of the different materials that are combined to make up that item, you have to know about how to take care of all of those things. And a lot of materials will react against each other so that yeah. it makes it hard to preserve that and if you touch something you can see fingerprints etched on metal it's so easy to mess the stuff up you have to have a lot of knowledge to do it well oh and <laughs> you know those when we built those types of items especially around here it was more for practicality than it was for like longevity you right know? We're, th- we're making this saddle to use right yeah nobody know? thinks is this gonna still exist in 500 years yeah. but that's what <laughs> we have to think about <laughs> exactly and so yeah a lot of those items are so tough uh like that acid that was used in the ink is what destroys yeah newspapers a lot of chemistry people are always surprised at how much chemistry you have to know to have certain museum jobs oh i never thought thought about that well yeah it's uh a lot of chemistry. And that's why. <laughs> because a lot of the materials that we use will end up actually kind of destroying certain things. Exactly. Now, the museum at the Bighorns has invited the Sheridan County students, grades K through 12, to enter their artwork featuring local buildings and properties in a poster contest celebrating historic preservation. Is this someone of like one of those big map posters that we think about, the silly map posters? I hadn't really had that in mind, but I'm open to just about anything students want to do. I imagine it being more just students featuring buildings that they care about. Ah, okay. But um, I just wanted to have a reason to get kids in the door and have some fun and understand that the things in their lives are parts of history and, and matter and have value. So I'm really wide open to what students want to do. I'm just excited to be able to offer this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, one of these kids was like, I love City Hall, and they go down and basically draw City Hall however they choose to do so, that's poster. Exactly. What is the due date on this? May 1st, and then May 13th, we're going to have them on display. We'll have them on display for the rest of the month. May is Historic Preservation Month is why we're doing this particular event now. And May 13th, we'll have a free admission day for people to come in and see the kids' artwork, and we'll have some other activities going on. We'll do a story time for younger kids, and older kids will be able to build a structure out of dry spaghetti and mini marshmallows. And oh, that sounds pretty fun. It is really fun. And uh, we'll have cash prizes for the poster contest that we'll announce the winners that day on the 13th. And we're working on getting some local 
uh, like architects and contractors and different tradespeople to come in and talk about what what's involved in their jobs. How do you get a job? How do you become a plumber? How do you how, what do um, people like plumbers and electricians have to do with historic preservation? Why do wow. their jobs matter? So there's a, a lot of details I'm still working on straightening out, but those are all things that we have planned that we'd like to do for the community that day. And I absolutely love the outlook on like a, an electrician or a plumber and, and, and how they're involved in the preservation of history. Yeah. Yeah. Crit- mean, critical. If you can't find somebody to do your brickwork, which gets challenging if you have to tuck and point a building and, and have to find a tradesperson. Sometimes in a state like ours, you might have to bring somebody in from hundreds of miles away. And it's really important work that people aren't always, um, they're not always directed to those kinds of jobs in high school or in college or in trade school that they go to. Um, So this is an opportunity to get kids to understand that there's all kinds of jobs out there that are really important that they never even thought of. And it is one of those situations where you could be a historical electrician, yes. a historical plumber. Yes. The history of, elect- of, of electricity in, in buildings is just fascinating. Absolutely. And and the safety precautions that we've kind of grown to adapt. Yeah. And, and man, you look back on some of those places and you're like, <laughs> wow, that was a little loosey-goosey. How did any of us live? <laughs> How did we make it this far, Danielle? All right. Now, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to have more at the Museum at the Bighorns. We're going to talk about Historic Preservation Day. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. Builders Home and Garden Show was another huge success, thanks in part to all the vendors and the community. First Federal was proud to be a major sponsor this year. We hope you got a lot of ideas for this spring and summer. Let the team of First Federal Bank and Trust help you achieve your dream of home ownership. We offer a variety of loan programs, refinancing options, and lot and construction loans. Making home happen wherever you are. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Wyoming Corporate Office is located at 30 North Gould Street in Sheridan, and they provide a myriad of services. What is a registered agent, you may ask? The real question is, what aren't they? Wyoming Corporate Office can assist you in forming your LLC or Wyoming-based corporation, provide mail forwarding service, and accept legal and financial documents, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. 
Mother's Day is almost here, and you want to customize the perfect gift to show your love and appreciation for all that your mom has done for you. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they've got you covered. Their exquisite collection of jewelry features a wide range of styles from classic to modern, from simple to tailor-made. They have something for every taste and budget. Visit Legacy Diamond and Gems today and give your mom the gift that she'll cherish for years to come. Happy Mother's Day from Legacy Diamond and Gems at 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. The legendary Hotel Messina on the Italian Riviera has been visited by artists, celebrities, and royalty. But when the owner's daughter weds a dashing young soldier, not all guests are in the mood for love. A string of scandalous deceptions soon surround the young couple, as well as the adamantly single Beatrice and Benedict. Join National Theatre Live's presentation of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, Thursday, April 27th, 6 p.m. at Sheridan's Y.O. Theatre. This is Aaron Linden, and I wanted to welcome you to Jackalopes Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. This is unlike any other podcast. We do a deep dive down the jackalope hole on a myriad of topics. UFOs? Yep. Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Local, national, and global politics? You betcha. Social issues and conspiracies? Shah. Join the Jackpack Weekly at SheridanMedia.com under the podcast tab on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning is the executive director of the museum at the Bighorns, Daniel Stuckel. Now, uh, before we go, we were actually just talking about something pretty interesting. Uh, The museum uh, utilizing social media to reach out to like the younger generations, the younger bases. Uh, and, and it's so hard sometimes to keep up with what's new. What are the kids actually using? I mean, we struggle with that yeah. here at Sheridan Media. Yeah. How do we get on that platform? What's the best way to, to utilize this and, and get the, the younger viewership? It's a lot of effort to stay on top of what are all the platforms available? How do you use them? Who who else is using them? Who in your audience are you trying to connect to? And it's easy to spiral out of control trying to be on all these things. What I usually tell museums and what we're trying to do is focus on the top three. Who, who are the people who are currently your audience and where are they at? Mm-hmm. And for us right now, that's really Facebook. And we do have some other social media accounts, but we're focusing a lot right now on Facebook. But that's for current audiences of certain demographics and to get in touch with kids these days, it's, you have to, you know, be looking at how do you use TikTok? How do you use some of these other things? And, and they can be controversial, but if that's where younger people are and that's who we need to get into the museum, then you have to learn how to figure it out, which makes me feel so old some days. Me too. Me too. (laughs) You know, you and I, we're, we're actually still pretty young considerably, (laughs) but with, with the advent of technology, you do get this, you know, kind of, I'm, I just can't keep up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just playing around with a chat GTP. I don't know if you're oh, familiar with that at Oh, my goodness. All. Yeah, I we was, are. I was playing around with that the other day to try to figure out, okay, so how are other museums using this? And what, you know, is this good for us or bad for us? And I have to learn this whole new thing. Uh, I've spent a lot of time working with uh, History Day students over the years and as a History Day coordinator in my former job. And so my thought is, how do you get students to do research and not just use something that 
creates text. Yeah. And so that's going to be huge for us as museums and as historians going into the future, not worrying so much about what they're using because you you can they're already making stuff that will detect text written by ChatGTP. So you can figure stuff like that out. And sometimes you can even read it and start to pick up on, oh, this sounds like it was not created by a person. So our challenge will be to get students to understand why you still have to do research, why it matters, how you develop an argument. And ChatGTP can't do that. You really need creative innovative thinking people. So I'm trying to stay on top of this stuff so I know, well, what do teachers need? What? How can I help a teacher teach her students how to do historical research? And so there's a huge important role for us as historians and museums to be in that space. But then you're just always having to stay on top of Oh, here's another thing I have to learn all about. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. And, and and I love your outlook on it, though. I love your approach to it. It's not just for, oh, well, we need to get the word out. It's it's about how do we utilize these things, but and impress the importance right. of it's, self-motivated research. It's like Wikipedia. You can't. I always tell teachers, don't tell your students you can't use Wikipedia. Everybody uses Wikipedia. Teach them how to use it. What are the limitations? Um, don't just copy and paste text from Wikipedia and think that that's your history essay. Yeah. How do you use it? Well, you go to the primary sources that are listed in a Wikipedia article, and that's how students can use it. So it's always staying on top of this is in our world. We have to figure out how to use it and how to live with it. If you fight it, you just fail. Yeah. No, you're right. (laughs) Everybody uses it. How do we use it? Yeah. And how do we use it ethically? Yeah. You know, and so many different things to think about as we go forward and, and try to preserve our history. And speaking of preserving our history, we've got history preservation day. Uh, what day is that going to happen? May 13th, May 13th. And that starts at nine o'clock, nine o'clock, May 13th. Make sure that you're up there. Um, now, moving on, we've got another big event happening, the Pancake Breakfast. I know a lot of folks look forward to this every single year. That's going to be held Sunday, May 21st. Uh, you pretty excited about this event? Absolutely. This will be my first one, and I'm excited to see the horse drive. I'm a, I'm a huge fangirl of Eaton's Ranch. They, I like to tell everybody they started in North Dakota, where I'm from. So I was really excited to get to an opportunity to go out to the ranch and meet some other people and talk to them. And the, this will be a really fun event for me. I'm excited. Isn't that just one of the most beautiful places on earth? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Just, I got to uh, an opportunity to stand there with the crew for quite a bit of time. And so just standing out there with the crew, it was, it was probably one of my fondest memories of this entire area. And, and to see all of those horses have, they told you the time that the horses are going to be coming through or the estimated time that they think they will be? Uh, it's always really early in the morning. I think it's really early in the morning. I think it's about <laughs> 7.30. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is. You're going to get up and get down there. That is a little early. Uh, but the pancake breakfast itself, how much will this cost? Our tickets are going to be $8 in advance and $10 at the door and $6 for members. Too easy. Now... What does it take to get this ready? How many? How much pancake mix do you have set ready to go? Thank goodness I have dedicated board members that 
have been through this before. I don't know what I would do without them. They are handling a lot of this. And I'm my focus is on our publicity and getting our online tickets set up. And a lot of a lot of the hard work my board members are doing. And and I'm very thankful because I have no idea how much pancake mix we're going to (laughs) need. You know, when it comes to like an active board, they could be lifesaver. Yes. This is a fine example of just that. Yes. You know, people really being involved. Now, um, while people are up there, uh, if you could just give me a real quick summary of the new exhibits that we can see when we're up there. Uh, like we've got the new paleo exhibit. Uh, so, it, cause a lot of people use this, I think as their first return to the museum for the season. Yeah. So just real quick, what are we going to see while we're up there eating some pancakes? We have a, a lot of familiar sites that people love the diorama of Sheridan, the diorama of Monarch. Uh, we have a lot of cool things on display. We have uh, an exhibit that is still fairly new. It's been up for about a year about um, the Bighorn National Forest and this Forest Service. Um, the dinosaur muse- uh, exhibit is our newest one. And we're in the process of doing a, a small exhibit about horses. Our, we have this beautiful fiberglass horse outside that we're going to bring inside. And and I'm that's one of the big projects I'm working on right now is what is the text for the sign going to read about that. Yeah. Now, real quick, uh, you said online tickets. So we can get tickets to this pancake breakfast online pre-purchased. Yes. Where do we go to do that? Um, we will have a link on our website that will, it'll be available through Eventbrite if people are used to using the Eventbrite website. But you can also go directly to our website and get tickets. Um, our website will have a link redirecting people to Eventbrite. Now, the last thing that I wanted to ask you about was w- with that paleo exhibit, you were looking for some volunteers who were interested in this time period to possibly lead some guided tours or or give some good explanation kind of be a little guide yeah have has anyone stepped up are you still looking for folks both um we we do have i've been working with some local people to help us do some programming and um, other people involved in helping us put the exhibit together have been really great and interested in helping us to do some programs but i'm still looking for other people too any Anybody that has a fresh idea that people haven't seen before, I'm ex- super excited to be able to offer a venue where they can get together with the public and show them what, what their expertise is. What's their best way to, uh, to reach you, Danielle? Uh, you can email me at director at museum, museumbighorns.org or call us. Um, I never remember what our phone number is. I n- never use it. People who uses a phone anymore, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's available on our website, museumbighorns.org. Museum Easy to find. Daniel, I want to thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me this morning. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to talk with UCross President Bill Belcher. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment 
the Story Community Library is receiving these funds for random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Gain innovative ideas, learn about best practices, and acquire vital information to spark your professional development and business growth at the Chamber's 2023 Ignite Conference on May 16th at Sheridan College. For details, visit SheridanWyomingChamber.org or call 672-2485. Thank you to our sponsors, DA Davidson, Susie Garber-Johnson, Kennan, Manufacturing Works, and Tech Spring Creek Vine, Pete Consulting, and WWC Engineering. Accessories are one of the easiest ways to give your room a fresh look. So this week, every accessory at Moss Holders Design Center is on sale. Bring in some color to your space with new table lamps or pillows. Change up the artwork in your dining room, bedroom, or living room. To make a big change, Moss Holders has thousands of rug choices that arrive in just a couple weeks. You can find large, inexpensive rugs from Ashley Furniture or add a high-end Pendleton rug from Southwest Looms. Freshen up your living space this spring during Moss Holders Accessory Sale. Going on now. Moss Holders. Furniture is our passion. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Are you feeling good that spring is finally here? <laughs> yeah, makes me want to shop. Well, speaking of shopping, if you've been putting off buying a new car, now is a good time to do so. Really? Tell me more. Trade-in values are still high, and at Sheridan Honda, we price our vehicles to be the lowest price within 500 miles. So even with interest rates creeping up, you're still getting a great deal. I didn't think about it like that. And for well-qualified buyers, we can even get you 60 days payment-free so you can really enjoy your spring in the Bighorns. Sure. Shop great deals at Sheridan Honda. Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, Sheridan Media would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears. We just think that would be a cool story. Here at Sheridan Media, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow, and we could use some more help. We're looking for an advertising and marketing professional. You'll earn a base salary plus commission and receive benefits like health, dental, and retirement. So if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience or any of the previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to jim at sheridanmedia.com. That's Jim at SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned and equal opportunity employer. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My next guest is the president of the U-Cross Gallery, Mr. Bill Belcher. Good morning and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Now, you know, I, this morning when I was doing my prep, uh, I thought to myself, is is there a, a difference between the U-Cross Gallery and the U-Cross Foundation or are they all one entity and one thing? Uh, that's actually a good question. So it's all one entity, but the uh, U-Cross Art Gallery is sort of our public extension of the residency program. Residency program is, is pretty insular. Um, you know, the artists are, are working in their studios and the public isn't allowed in there. But the public is allowed into the U-Cross Art Gallery and into events down at our park at U-Cross and Raymond Plank Center. So you wouldn't have, like, someone who runs the gallery and someone who runs the foundation. Right. You no. keep them both under one umbrella. That's right. Yeah, they're all under the foundation. Um, so 
Yeah, it's just a different facet of the foundation. Now, you worked for them for quite some time before becoming the president, correct? Sure, yeah. I worked since uh, late 2017. I was a director of development and external relations, so I had been uh, working uh, for about four years before pre- before I became president. And you you worked with them during the, the hard times, the dark times of COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. The certainly. dark days. Yes, yeah. It was definitely a different different time, but... We only shut down for a little bit. We we got back online fairly quickly. Um, it just was, you know, balancing through all of that. But, yeah, we made it through. Do artists stay out there during the winter months, or is that kind of just for the other seasons? No, they, they are also there sort of beginning of February. That's when our spring session starts, beginning of February to the, you know, beginning of June. So we're closed down in, in January and in late December for the holiday, but... Otherwise, we're open. Now, I understand how free everything is out there, that like the free spirit of mm-hmm. everything. But as the president, do you ever notice that during the winter, you tend to see more winter-themed <laughs> art and creations kind of come out? No, no. Actually, not winter-themed art, but I, we do see that the, the residents that are in session at that time tend to bond more intensely. <laughs> inside. Because they, they are locked inside their their accommodations and um you know they they share you know special bond being stuck in there through the wind and and snow (laughs) i'll bet a lot of great partnerships develop because of that right? yeah i think so i think that's um collaborations it's a it's a a reason to come in february yeah everyone's always worried about the wind and the snow and blizzards or what have you but um, i actually find that those groups come uh, they do form something special that's amazing yeah and that is really cool to learn uh that (laughs) You know, a bunch of artists kind of locked inside from the wind, uh, bonding together and then collaborating to create something completely new. I think that's absolutely great. Sure. Now, speaking of spring, U-Cross has two events on May 5th as part of the Field Guide exhibition. Bill, what is Field Guide? Sure. So Field Guide is the second exhibition that's in our new U-Cross Art Gallery. It features four um, artists and all of them are recipients of the U-Cross Fellowship for Native American Visual Arts. So every, uh, well, twice a year, we give out a fellowship to Native American visual artists. They they get a four-week residency at U-Cross, they get an award, and they get the opportunity to show their work publicly in the U-Cross Art Gallery. So because we are closed for a year for renovation, we're showing four now instead of two. We're showing four at one time. So Field Guide is, um, it features four of, those artists, Teresa Baker, Anthony Hudson, Jessica Mehta, and Elizabeth Naranjo-Morse. And it's, a, it's an incredible show. I hope people come down to the U-Cross to see it. Um, the gallery is open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 4. It's free anytime to stop by. And the show sort of, um, I guess the way, best way to say it is it, it presents all these different forms and different views of contemporary Native art. So obviously the work that's presented there is an expression of the artists that were in residence. Um, But it just so happens that the mix of these artists include sort of digital media art, video work, mural work, um, sculpture, installation work, and sort of this mix of contemporary craft and and, uh, historic craft and contemporary art, sort of mixing of synthetic materials with organic, organic materials. So it's a little bit of everything, something for everyone down there, um, and you know it's worth checking out. I think that's amazing how how diverse those mediums really are. Yeah, and I think it's you know 
it wasn't planned that way. It was just sort of how the the jurors have selected. You know, we have a selection committee that selects the artists who come, and they, over the course of 2020 and 2021, selected these four artists. And it just happens that they are all working in slightly different forms, um, but can be interpreted together as well in in an exhibition like this. Have you ever heard an argument against digital art uh, from, like, say, more of the traditionalists in in the art field? Uh, Not really an argument, although I would say that there's, you know, and I often say this out loud, is that, you know, not all art is for everyone. It's okay not to like something. Um, You know, art is a personal expression. And your opinion is your personal expression as well. I mean, you shouldn't feel like just because it's in a gallery that somehow you have a duty to like it. You know, you can, you can um, you know, not like it and have, you know, resist it if you want. So I think that there are some who don't like video work. There are some that don't like installation work, um, large scale, you know, large scale sculptures or really abstract work. Yeah. And that's okay. I think it's, um, you know it's sort of the job of art to kind of be that expression, but also for you as a viewer to walk through it and, and have a reaction one way or another, or if you want, just dismiss it and walk on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, uh, my wife and I have got a friend over in Minnesota, a digital artist, mm-hmm. and I see the work that she puts in. And for me, the argument of, Oh, well, this is just too convenient. goes right out the window when I see her working. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I mean, she's, Toiling as much as any other artist. That's right. Or you get the the, the classic. Well, I, my four year old could do that. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get that often in abstract work and contemporary work. And you know, there's um, again, it it is uh, it's all per, it's all subjective. And what I love about <laughs> art itself, Bill, when I look at it, in a way, it's a mirror. If mm-hmm. if I don't like something, or if it creates an emotion within me. That's me. That's not the art. Right. Or it's the interaction between the two of you. And I yeah. think that's what's really special about viewing art. You know, once the work is done, it's out there. And then, it, you know, the viewer has that interaction. And when they have the interaction, sometimes, it, you know, causes strong emotions. Yeah. And it has for centuries since art was created. Um, and it, you know, pokes and prods and it does those sort of things. And again, that's that's okay. You have the ability to sort of move on if you want or to question or to, you know, um, to want to learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, the work in this show, we certainly have some work that leans towards sort of um, political commentary on assimilation schools and Native Americans, you know, being forced into these boarding schools in the 19th century, early 20th century. Um, we have more traditional work, a mixture of traditional and contemporary work. And, you know, we have comment on our personal expression and, and theatrical work. I mean, all of it... Um, Again, isn't necessarily for everyone, but it's worth taking a look at and, you know, and seeing what you like. And I, I think art is a, a beautiful way to view culture as well. Culture, tradition. Um, in, in college, I, I, there was a whole section of, of our, our reading that had to involve uh, Native American literature. And the way that it was written is different than, say, like the, you know, Western European type that we brought over with us. Sure. It's so visual, so, so much imagery. It, it's absolutely beautiful to read. 
Yeah. Uh, so if if anyone's ever been interested in that, I would say definitely go pick up some some Native American literature because it's it just paints such a, a vivid, beautiful image in their words. Yeah, it's, and I would say great. you know what part of our fellowship in this exhibition too is to really show that the contemporary Native art is dynamic and diverse. You know what what you may think of as Native work um, will be challenged. You yeah, know, um, because it is a vibrant. Uh, field and um, we can always learn that and, and and change our perspective as we you know step into a gallery like that absolutely and, and fusing that tradition with more modern ways mm-hmm. more modern mediums sure. i think is 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 like you said it's very dynamic to be able to stand there and look at a digital piece of traditional native american art yeah sure. you know uh it like you said it really makes you question what is art and and what does that mean and, yeah and right, the merging of all these things together as, you know, is, uh, you know, part of our country. <laughs> Absolutely. The merging of all these points of view together and... And who we know. are. Right. Uh, and it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> now, Re, I would say I, I um, can articulate this, but the best way to say, you know, to learn about this is through the artists themselves. Absolutely. So on, on May 5th out in Kinison Hall in, in Sheridan College at 11 a.m., There'll be three of these artists, along with a guest curator, Andrea Hanley, who curated the show, and they'll do an artist talk, and uh, they'll be able to articulate it much much better than I can. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I would suggest uh, folks head on out there, because I think that is such a unique advantage. Uh, you know, you don't get everywhere. Let's maybe a little bit in the bigger cities, uh, but having the artist be able to stand up there and and tell you about each piece. I mean, is that what's going to be going on? And yep. how interactive will this be? Will I be able to ask questions? Yeah, there'll be a Q&A at the, at the end. So each artist will talk a little bit about their artistic practice, um, their time at U-Cross, what has happened since their time at U-Cross, what they're working on now, um, and, of course, the work in the show. But then there'll be a, a Q&A at the end, and people can right, ask questions about whatever they want, really. Um, so that's happening at Kinison Hall. And then, of course, the more casual food and drink reception happens that night at 6 p.m. down at U-Cross in the U-Cross Art Gallery. And that is free. Everyone's welcome to come. And there you can certainly uh, talk to the artist as well, um, but it'll be in a less formal setting. Um, you can see the work on the wall and in the gallery. Absolutely amazing. When it comes to things like curation, <clears throat> I, I know some individuals who uh, – who are probably some of the finest curators that I've ever seen. Uh, and, and I know that's, <clears throat> excuse me, I know it's, it's not, uh, it, maybe in some circles that's not seen as like an expression itself, but someone who knows how to set a museum up correctly mm. is a gift, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, have you ever had to go in and, and curate? Is that something that you've ever wanted to do? No, no, I don't have that skill. I don't think I, you know, um, come from a, um, a theatrical background. So I have directed plays and been involved in production side of plays. But, um, as far as a gallery, I've watched, um, from a marketing and development perspective, mainly throughout my career. Um, and they do incredible work, um, with this new Ucross art gallery and the renovation, it is a challenge, especially if um, the guest curator hadn't been in the space before mm-hmm. to properly fill the space because there is, you know, um, lots of – there's two stories, lots of wall space, lots of open air, and um, lots of room to work. I can almost feel 
a little intimidating when you look at it and it's empty. It can, but when they do it successfully, it really, you know, it really works. Oh, the room comes alive. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, a, a bare wall is a bare wall, but uh, a bare wall with art on it, it that's, that's a living thing. Yeah. Someone's passion is in there. Yeah. You know, uh, just one more time, go ahead and let us know when the times are on these uh, events. May sure. 5th. Yes, May 5th, so it's a week from Friday uh, at 11 a.m. at Kinison Hall, Sheridan College. You can hear the artist talk. And then at 6 p.m. that night, down in U-Cross at the U-Cross Hour Gallery is the reception. All of these free, open to the public? Yes, all free. Uh, being able to talk to the artist, folks, we've talked about this before. It is a, a unique advantage that you have in our area, and I, I think it's absolutely great. Now, you said that uh, your background primarily in, uh, in performance arts do you ever miss it? I mean, or, or are you not so busy that you can kind of sneak away and direct a play here and there? Oh, it was a long time ago. Oh, was it? <laughs> it was a long time ago. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't miss it as much. I enjoy watching it. And I enjoy other artists, um, you know, and playwrights work through the process. Um, I'm directing my own things right now. It just yeah. happens to be more uh, organization based. <laughs> Now, were you ever in, uh, like a writer when it came to plays? or yeah, what, you, yeah. Really? Yeah, as a, I'm a playwright. I'm a published novelist. Oh, that's and, fantastic. Um, yeah, so I, I do that um, in my spare time whenever it happens or I, I try to set a routine. But, um, yeah, you know, my, my job here is to really champion the creative process. And I think part of the reason that I, I fit so well is because I understand it in my own my own practice. How do you take advantage of, of working out at U-Cross to give you, you know, um, I'm not going to say like a leg up, but uh, right. it's a leg up being just being out there as an well, artist itself. It, it's full of creative energy when you work at a place like U-Cross or some other places I've worked in the past. Um, you, you do get a, um, sort of, I don't know, and you get inspired by other people working on their projects, yeah. talking about their creative process, figuring out how they... Uh, tackle different challenges in their own work. So that that gives you motivation, you know, to do your own work. But as we always say, you know, that the work is, is, you know, the work is, the art is the work itself, you know, doing, going through the process, not just the product. Yeah. So, you know, perhaps my writing is just a long journey and, you know, to the next book. <laughs> but but I'm certainly inspired by everything that um that I see coming through U-Cross and all the artists I see writers, visual artists, otherwise. What, what type of work do you really like to delve into? Fiction, nonfiction? Yeah, I like, you know, I enjoy it all, but, you know, my work is fiction. Um, but, uh, and I have a, certainly, uh, I lean that way. Yeah. And fiction and playwriting are two uh, things that I had done in the past. But I have worked in museums, I've worked in the opera, I've worked, you know, like I said, in the theater, and I've worked in the literary world. So, um, you know, I, I love it all. And That's so, fantastic, yeah. Bill. Thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me yeah, this morning. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Story Community Library is receiving these funds 
for a random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Bambi is a mixed breed puppy who wants to follow you through life's adventures. If you're ready to play some serious fetch, this boy is ready to roll. Saturn is a handsome kitty who looks grumpy but is a very sweet boy. This one-year domestic short hair will add happiness to your home and look great on your couch. Find your new best friends at the dog and cat shelter. Have you been online to the Sheridan Commercial Company office supply website? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. SheridanCommercial.com will allow you to explore and compare prices with other national brands. We offer delivery or in-store pickup. Over 41,000 items are available by going online at SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company, Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. After this long, hard winter, it's time to get out and enjoy some beautiful spring weather, but make sure your tires are ready, Chris Hayden. Bob, bring your vehicle down to Waring Chevrolet and let us take a look at the condition of your tires. If they need to be replaced, you don't need to wait for a tire sale because we offer all the major brand tire names with the price match guarantee. If you find a better price within 30 days of the purchase, we will refund the difference. Let's get your spring right on the road with new tires from Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. 107 East Alger. Go Able online and search for Sheridan and that Chevrolet. Means it's time to stand up and support children and families at the Light of Hope Breakfast. Help us celebrate this year's Champion for Children, St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and join us for a morning of inspiration, community, and some delicious breakfast. While the breakfast is on us, we ask those in attendance for a contribution to help support Compass's vital work in our community. Let's come together to make a difference in the lives of children and families. Don't wait. Reserve your spot by calling 675-2269 and join us for a morning of hope and inspiration. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM. 